0: But I think, you know, that is actually what entrepreneurs do a lot of the time, have that really blind belief and even when other people are not too sure whether what you're thinking is going to work or not, it's just like saying, you know what, stuff it, I'm going to do it anyway. So I then spent several years working with a large foundation in the UK, giving out grants and mentorship opportunities to other young people who wanted to get into business. I got an award from the Queen for the work that I'd done in the youth sector, particularly in communities across the UK, to support young people, particularly into business. But I actually think over time that stereotype has changed, and we see a lot more now like about young people who are breaking barriers and smashing it and doing things, and I don't think that's as much of a problem nowadays. Yeah, I would hope it it does make a mark, and I'll be able to look back and say, yeah, you know, we did this and we did that but you know to be honest I don't really care as long as the people who need to benefit from it actually do.
1: You're literally changing people's lives. Hi I'm Lily and I'm Dan. We are The Loaded. It's that time again, Dan.
2: It is. It's our regular weekly podcast. Something we look forward to every single week.
1: I know, but today we're going to be so efficient, aren't we?
2: We are, actually, because our guest today has little
1: time. Little time, because he's an incredibly busy man doing incredible things. Adam
0: Bradford, welcome to the studio. Thanks for having me. How are you doing, buddy? How is everything? Good. Um, slightly colder than you are. So, fortunately, I'm in that phase of my life where I'm spending part of my month in Britain. I was um, going to
2: say because this is our first virtual recording, so normally we have people in the studio, but you're actually joining us online all the way from the UK today.
0: Yeah. How cold are we? we thinking. How cold is it? Um, it's got to be like two or three. Not cold enough. Um, not hot enough to stand outside anyway.
2: <laughs> we don't. We yeah. definitely don't miss the cold, so I'm quite glad to be here.
0: Mind you, <laughs> yeah. mind you, today has been quite hot. Anyway,
2: anyway, we anyway. Often, we we haven't gone tangents, but we know that we've we've literally grabbed you um, before running around to to multiple opportunities. Um, So welcome to our podcast, um, and it's great to to get to know a little bit about yourself and who you are and what you do, and we've had the pleasure to meet a few times through the BBG, and I know that you've got an incredible story, and we'd love to hear
0: it. All right. How did you get to where you got to? It's a good question, Um, (laughs) one that I still ask myself, to be honest. Um, So I always say to people that I'm uh, an accidental entrepreneur. Um, I didn't ever kind of initially set out to want to even really go into business, to be honest. But I think probably I've always had um, a special skill for breaking the rules and a talent for not doing what people tell me to do. Did this go Uh, back to your childhood? (laughs) I think, yeah, actually, although I was a very compliant child. And um, I think what happened to me is as I got bogged down in the education system, uh, and, and really frankly quite bored um, of just sitting exams. Yeah. Um, there was a competition that came into school where they basically gave us 25 quid um, and said, um, here you go, take the money, make as much money as you can um, and come back in six months and we'll see how you did. So because I was bored in school, I started to basically program and design essentially games to help teachers to teach with. And it was like a micro-business. I had my brothers involved as well, um, who are ironically still involved in the business today. But we made these little products and we sold them throughout the school and then... To other schools and just ended up over time making thousands of pounds yeah, I I'm I'm spent, 25, 25 quid.
2: quid i was gonna say you made thousands of pounds, 25 25 pounds. Quid, Jerry,
0: had quite a good return <laughs> yeah
2: have you always had that kind of entrepreneurial streak or that you know like you said that, that business-minded streak
0: no it, it's not business-minded it's um i think it's just come from like a quiet rebellion of not wanting to fit into what society thinks we should all do and be if you know what i mean yeah um so i hated this idea that i was going to go through school then basically go to another bigger school and then go to another even bigger school which is university until like my mid 20s and still be writing exams and not really getting out in the world yeah so um i completely ditched that path and turned down all my university offers despite everybody's best advice and much to the horror of my mum and dad. Who I was going to say, I, how'd I, you yourself? But I think, you know, that is actually what entrepreneurs do a lot of the time, have that really blind belief. And even when other people are not too sure whether what you're thinking is going to work or not, it's just like saying, do you know what, stuff it, I'm going to do it anyway, because I've got this just desire and a passion to, to make something happen. And I suppose I've applied that to everything, Um, that I've done since that very early age.
2: Nice, and is that how you obviously got to where you are today? Because for our listeners that don't know, um, you have the Adam Bradford Agency. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what that is and what that stands for?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the agency is really like an evolution of lots of things that we've done over time. So as I developed the business over several years, we did start to do a lot of commercial work and we actually kind of niched a bit in the IT and digital sectors for a while. Until when I was 18, I got an opportunity to work with Google down in London.
1: Just stopping you there, so you started your agency before you were 18? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. We need, we need
2: to We need to. know a little bit more about this because most people are literally like, you know, still out clubbing and partying and not even thinking about starting a business yeah. I
0: mean, yeah, I mean I still did all of those things, I'm probably having my second childhood now to be honest, um, having kind of relocated to Dubai, it's kind of like a big kids playground
2: True, very true um,
0: However, great place for business as well so, yeah, I would instead of my perhaps going out every weekend be working on ideas or coming up with concepts or you know going and meeting clients, whereas my peers would be going out and getting drunk, yeah
1: so going in for meetings as an eighteen year old to see clients, what was
0: that like? Um, it was interesting, so a lot of people always say I kind of like seem a bit older than I actually am. <laughs> So I've always kind of been quite professional and tried to present very well. um, And that really helped, you know, there is this kind of like bit of imposter syndrome and also not being confident because like essentially the people who are your clients are like three times as old as you. And some of them, you know, try and make you think that you're just completely worthless as a young person. But I actually think over time that stereotype has changed. And we see a lot more now, like about young people who are breaking barriers and smashing it and doing things. and I don't think that's as much of a problem nowadays, but back then, yeah it was it was difficult. I mean, some of my early clients were businesses who had been around like for 40, 50 years, and there I was, like as a fresh-faced 16 year old walking in saying, "Hey, you know come and sign a contract with me." it was It was kind of weird. That's amazing. How
1: how did you handle when um, you were sitting across from a client that was trying to, you know, bring you down? How did you handle that?
0: Um, I think a lot of it has been proving yourself through results. So either working for free, working for very little um, and actually proving that you're of value. Um, and really quickly that built the reputation, like the reputation of the agency now is built on the strength of the partners Um, and the people that we work with so it's very word of mouth um, and results driven Um, so we don't brag about ourselves really we don't kind of go around talking ourselves up too much we let the results do the talking and I think I think that's what did it I think if if what we were doing wasn't working then yeah it would have been a really big problem but actually I knew what I was doing and didn't try and make any mistakes so um, that that helped. And for our
2: listeners what is it that the agency does now because we've had multiple conversations about youth and about that kind of social entrepreneurial change and providing platforms do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about what that is
0: yeah so um as i was saying um when i got to 18 i had this opportunity to work with google and that was a different twist on what we did and actually what they'd asked for was for us to basically use digital tools but and also a combination of workshops and youth engagement to educate and empower young people on staying safe online. yeah, And that sent me in a completely different direction to start to think, ah, actually, with this business we've got, we can actually do some good rather than just making profit and servicing clients. So more and more, it turned into basically a social enterprise that was looking at how can we create different platforms? How can we empower the next generation And we started to craft ourselves around causes that were important to us. So I then spent several years working with um, a large foundation in the UK, giving out grants and mentorship opportunities to other young people who wanted to get into business. And then back with the agency, we started to develop campaigns and services around supporting young entrepreneurs, developing curriculum that supports entrepreneurs helping corporates connect with creatives and innovators. So we very much now sit in that space of being like a development agency that works across sectors to unlock entrepreneurship, to run creative campaigns for brands, um, or to create social impact across many different sectors. Um, and obviously, like we've been saying, we've branched out recently into the UAE, into the... Middle East region as well which is really exciting so yeah we've very much evolved over the years um, but now taking on much more of an international footprint as well. How does it, how does it feel to um, have evolved into a social enterprise? Um, good actually it's, it's a very flexible way to work we don't need to be too corporate we don't need to be stuffy we can act on our own ideas and I think the greatest thing about it is everybody who works in this space is united by their mission and what they care about. So we're not all sat around looking at how we can beat down the competition and be the biggest and baddest and most evil corporate that there is. We're actually all talking about really positive change-making stuff. So every day is really inspiring, to be honest. Oh, it sounds
1: incredibly fulfilling.
2: So I know you've got some really exciting stuff coming up, which we're going to get to shortly. However, I still want to know a little bit more about Adam Bradford. Uh, yeah. Because up on your social media recently, a picture popped up of you oh, attending. I, no, no, it was a good one. It's a good one. Uh, <laughs> you attended like the Commonwealth um, event happening down at Westminster Abbey, which they attended like with the royal family. But I also know that you've you've got awards and accolades, and you know over the last you know few years, I guess, for your contribution, yeah. especially to youth. Um, I would love to know more about that because I I had no idea. playing it down. I know it's very, very humble. That's incredible. Yeah,
0: yeah. no. um, So um, when I was 24, I think a few years ago, um, I got an award from the Queen for the work that I'd done in the youth sector, um, particularly in communities across the UK um, to to support young people, um, particularly into business. So that was incredible like when i got this email saying oh we're considering you for this special youth award i was like no this has got to be a scam like it oh, can't it can't be a proper a proper thing but um it actually was and that was just you know really unexpected and also a great so, honor i suppose so you've seen the queen have uh, yeah.
1: Okay, you gotta you I gotta
2: think, tell us about that. First of all, I want to know, like you said, at you know, first you thought it was a scam. But how did you feel, or how did the family yeah. react? You know, what was that reaction like once you realised that this
0: was not a scam um,
2: um, when, you, when you won the award?
0: Yeah, crazy. So what they actually did is they picked people from across all the Commonwealth countries. So it was a really unique program that they did, and they picked young people. So three of us from the UK. Um, some from, like, Australia, Malaysia, across Africa, the Caribbean, um, you know, all the Commonwealth nations. Um, and we got to meet all these other young people who are making a difference in their communities from across the whole world. It was just crazy. The whole thing was just breathtaking to see what some people have been through yeah. um, and how they've done something positive with it. And I suppose it acted as a massive boost you know, to keep us all going and keep us motivated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously to meet the Queen is incredible. So so back to the Queen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Tell us about that. Well, I mean, the whole thing's a bit of a blur. Like, So we we had the ceremony where, you know, you go and shake a hand and she gives you the um, medal and everything else. And it was just surreal. It was kind of like, no, you know, this has got to be a joke. Like, this is not... (laughs) This is not actually happening, but um, yeah, I mean, she's very tiny in real life. She she's is, got yeah. a really wicked sense of humour. Um, Do you, did you,
2: did you have a conversation?
0: Yeah, yeah, for about 30 seconds.
2: Is that like the protocol of how long like, you're allowed?
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you have to um, let the Queen speak to you first before, okay. um, before you go into anything, but yeah, it was great. Do you remember what she said to you? not much nice. um, I think that she was just asking you know what do you do you know where are you from um, you know kind of keep up the good work it was yeah just a really brief conversation but yeah you know awesome. incredible to have done that
2: so you said that obviously people from around the Commonwealth got that I think there's like 72 nations in the Commonwealth for those that don't know um, how yep. many people from the UK got that award
0: three of us there wow.
2: was three people in the whole country that got it and you were one of them yeah that's amazing yeah and how does that because you mentioned imposter syndrome at the beginning is that something that you 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 kind of still had over that period of time like there must be a moment where you start to kick yourself that this is real and you've made that achievement how did that feel
0: there was but you know the thing happened so quick from getting the initial letter to it all happening was about six months and in that time because it was like a special program they put on a lot of events for us and we all got to meet each other and like the whole thing was a bit of a whirlwind but it was um I still have a bit of that imposter syndrome now um especially like in the weeks prior to meeting the queen and everything you look back and think no like I can't actually digest this like I still can't quite get my head around it and there were so many highs and lows like just how emotional it all was because you know we all we do our job every day and we work hard and obviously you know as entrepreneurs we work doubly hard because all the load is on us and um you get to that point and you're like oh dude you know, wow somebody's actually recognised it it wasn't yeah. just somebody i mean just somebody. Was... <laughs> yeah yeah you know what i mean a monarch. it was um I don't always try not to kind of get soaked up into the whole what I would call kind of like celebrity factor of entrepreneurship because there's far far too many people who oh yeah I'm an entrepreneur and I do this and I do that and they're going with that trend which is all great but at the end of the day there's nothing real underneath it so I always stay very very focused on what our mission is what we're doing the projects that we're working on, I never really drift. Yeah. Um, so I have got like a very laser focus when it comes to work. Yeah. Um, that's been really useful. Um, but yeah, you know, when you do lift your head and look at some of the things that we've actually done over the years, it is pretty crazy.
2: And what are some of the other things that you've done? Because I've seen a few projects pop up. I actually attended one of them, which we'll get to at the end, I think.
0: But yeah, what yeah. some of the other stuff that you've done? Um, all sorts of bits and pieces, really, around similar themes. So, one of the things I did was a twelve-month-funded world tour where we went and conducted market research on developing countries and how they tackled social problems through business. Mm-hmm. Um, so we worked on bits of that with the British Council, looking at other cultures and how they interact, um, and also how like the creative economies, so like artists and makers and performers and. Casual entrepreneurs can contribute to that um, for a whole year. So that was a whole year spent traveling in like 2017, 18, which was an incredible thing to do. We also, I suppose, one of the big projects for me back home is actually involved with the gaming industry or gambling industry. So gambling addiction is something uh, that was a problem for my dad. Okay. It's actually an addiction he kept hidden for about 30 years. Wow. Um, and he ended up, a few years ago, going to prison suddenly because he'd ended up stealing money to pay for his whole addiction and left the family with the debt behind. And that really shook our family because, you know, there was nothing really extra special about this until this disastrous thing happened. Yeah. And when he went into prison, I started again... I think with that entrepreneurial streak inside of me, started a campaign to change some of the laws in the UK to bring about more treatment and support for people like him whose addictions went unnoticed. And we did manage to change some laws. In fact, we started to work with um, the biggest betting brand in in the world um, on the back of that campaign and developed an app. Which gives people therapy for gambling addiction. It was the first of its kind in the world. Wow! Um, and we actually sold it back to them last year.
1: That's oh. incredible. That's really that's that that's that's taking a really, you know, sad situation and turning it into a positive.
0: Yeah, it was a big thing. Um, yeah. The whole family got involved. Hence, I said, my brothers are back in the business with me mm. now as well. So we all uh, came and played a part in that. Mm and i suppose you know that's legacy really yeah um i'm always thinking about you know paying it forwards i think everything that we all do should should leave a mark on the world mm. um you know i'd hate to have been a person who's just made as much money as i can and destroyed careers and destroyed the environment in the process Go so then. yeah we we think in a very different way i think to to some people
2: And I think that's a nice little segue into kind of where you are now and what you're doing now, because I was really fortunate to attend one of your events, and I actually left really inspired, Um, and it was the the event that you did at the Media One Hotel. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, so I guess, like, tell our our listeners a little bit about that, because I know that's leading on to something much bigger later on in the year, which we're all dying to hear more about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, when we entered the Middle East market, I think one of the things we quickly realized was... There's not enough platforms for emerging talent. And given that a lot of our business is about supporting entrepreneurs and new people to the market, we thought, well, hang on a minute, like there must be something we can do here. So we essentially took bits and pieces of our entrepreneurship program and applied it to the Middle East. So we worked with the British Business Group and a few other partners to recruit entrepreneurs who had social impact ideas. Uh, We took them through a process of training and development and due diligence. And then the finalists came and did a live pitch. So it was kind of like a Dragon's Den. Um, But we had investors there. We had supporters there. And and various people who could just get around them and give them support to get their ideas off the ground. Um, It's almost like a mini incubator, so to speak. So that event that you went to, Dan, in November was kind of like the trial. Yeah. It wasn't even really the fully-fledged thing. We were just testing it out. Um, And it went really, really well. We had over 200 teams apply to get involved Wow! by spending zero on marketing. We didn't spend a penny promoting it on attracting applications, nothing. It was all just through word of mouth. And what type of people applied? Lots of people. So we focused it on founders aged under 35, so who are kind of still in like the U.N., definition of youth I feel and, old now by the way I know way. I was just <laughs> like thinking it was, that it was like oh we're old oh.
2: <laughs> I know
0: yeah but um, it was for them like the younger people getting into business yeah. but there were all sorts of people we had people from Africa from India across Asia some locals some from the UK the US all wanting to make a mark in the UAE um, the team who came away and actually won are using blockchain to essentially bring transparency to the supply chain for farmers. So farmers whose like food and produce has been exported to places like the UAE deserve a fair deal, right? We all have heard of fair trade yeah. and things like that before. Um, but they were really empowering the farmers with the technology to make that whole supply chain clear. So at the end of the day, they would end up getting a better deal because every supplier down the line would see where that pound or two pounds or however much is actually going. And they've actually just started to incorporate in the Middle East as a result of the campaign. They've attracted some international investment as well. So really just kind of from giving them the early stepping stones, I suppose, to to get started. Yeah, they're really making the most of it. So that's, that's what the campaign is about. We called it Inspiring Futures, seeing as it's all about the future. And we're doing it again with you guys, Dan, in right.
2: So this, yeah. this, I was going to say, Lily's just like well, shocked I'm everything. like, you, She's like the
1: thing is, you're literally changing people's lives. Massively. Literally yeah. changing people's lives. That's beautiful. Can I ask a question? Do you ever stop
2: and look back and go like, I did that or like, I, I've contributed to that. Do you ever, do you ever like, I guess own it or celebrate it?
1: Well, I don't. I don't think you do. When when um, you're when you're wanting to help others, it's it, you're you're no longer in the equation, right, Adam? It's about
0: it's about the work. Yeah, I mean the irony of it is the business is named after me, but it's actually not all about me. Yeah. So it's um. But you know, obviously, you know, your, your agency is Dan Bolton, of yep, course. So but it, It's based on your beliefs and your experience yeah. and your knowledge yeah. that you're bringing up with your team. Um, so I think, yeah, I would hope it, it does make a mark and I'll be able to look back and say, yeah, you know, we did this and we did that. But, you know, to be honest, I don't really care. Yeah. As long as the people who need to benefit from it actually do, then, you know, we've done our job, basically. It's incredible.
2: We know we've only got you for like five more five minutes. Five minutes. Literally. So, so we're going to go to the killer, killer questions now. So tell us about Inspiring Futures Part 2 because I know that's coming up very soon.
0: Yes. So for anybody listening, you can still apply if you're an entrepreneur within that age bracket um, on the website, which is inspiringfutures.world. You can just submit your idea on there and we'll get back to you. Um, And the event itself is taking place in Dubai at the end of May. So for people who want to come and watch or maybe want to get involved, um, it will be a really, really inspiring day. Oh, my
1: God, I'm going.
2: I know. Well, yeah. We're trying to put together a really cool experience. I know we're, we're supporting Adam and the team because it's just, it's incredible just the that impact that you have in your brothers as well, because I know that they're heavily involved um, yeah. in changing people's lives. All I can
1: say is there should be more people like you in the world, Adam. I do agree. That's what we're hoping to create. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're not going to keep you any longer because we know you've got to get off to yet another meeting, another something, busy man, but should be more people like you in the world.
2: And we're Thank looking we're looking much. forward to having you back in Dubai, so looking forward to seeing you soon. We have we have a lot to do, by the way.
0: <laughs> yes, we do. Don't worry, I'll be there in six days. So L-
2: looking forward I'll to it.
0: catch up on.
1: Hi, I'm Lily. And I'm Dan. We are the loaded.